What do cavemen know about anxiety? Quite a lot, it turns out. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. Each week, we offer you brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in positive directions and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A.com. Today we're sharing an excerpt from the audiobook, The User's Guide to the Human Mind, Why Our Brains Make Us Unhappy, Anxious, and Neurotic, and What We Can Do About It. Written by clinical psychologist and popular blogger, Sean Smith. The User's Guide to the Human Mind is a roadmap to the puzzling workings of the human mind. You'll find exercises for overriding the mind's natural impulses toward worry, self-criticism, and fear, and helpful tips for acting in ways that support your values and emotional well-being, even when your mind has other plans. In this excerpt, you'll learn about the fascinating biology behind anxiety and depression, which Sean calls ancient tools tools that aren't well-suited for modern times. You'll learn that while anxiety and depression can often be debilitating in small doses, these seemingly negative feelings can actually help you excel. Anxiety and Depression, Ancient Tools for Modern Times Sometimes a gentle, intuitive tap on the shoulder simply isn't strong enough, and so the mind grabs us by both lapels and gives us a good, painful shake. But you can bet that even when our minds are beating up on us, they're doing so for a reason. Their methods have served our species well, up to a point. Useful Anxiety Anxiety is one of the mind's blunt instruments. Imagine, for a moment, that you were doing the job of another person's mind and you needed to get their attention. Maybe you want them to avoid dogs because dogs have been dangerous in the past. Or maybe you want them to avoid giving a speech so that others won't judge them harshly. These are the kinds of things minds worry about. They want us to avoid things that seem dangerous. Here's the hitch. You cannot simply warn them with words. Email messages and singing telegrams are not allowed. But you do have access to emotional and physical states. As the person approaches a dog or a stage, you can give them the feeling of fear in order to encourage retreat. You can give them thoughts of tragedy. You can give them heart palpitations, shortness of breath, and stomach cramps. You can immobilize them with debilitating panic. Just as importantly, you can reward the person by removing these punishing experiences when they comply. You carry the big stick of anxiety. You can hit them with it when they approach the things you want them to avoid, and you can stop hitting them when they conform to your wishes. Simple and effective. Not everything is a life-and-death matter to be avoided at all costs, and the mind seems to understand this. Anxiety serves a purpose other than simple avoidance. At reasonable levels, not too much and not too little, it can actually improve performance. Perhaps one of the best places to assess the effects of anxiety on performance is in a statistics class. 
Most people enter their statistics class with some trepidation, and so Jared Keeley and his research team decided to investigate the effect of anxiety on test scores. He noted that high anxiety and low anxiety corresponded with poor performance, and a mid-range optimal level of anxiety corresponded with the best test scores. Our ancestors did not face statistics exams, but they did face the need for athletic performance. Their survival sometimes depended on athletic abilities like hunting, hurling spears, or running fast to escape. In an examination of sports performance, John Raglan and Paul Turner found results similar to the statistics study. The best physical performances were associated with a moderate level of anxiety. Too much or too little anxiety is detrimental to performance. We typically pay a much lower price for poor performance than our ancestors did. The trade-off is that we live long enough to experience ongoing anxiety disorders that they probably did not. But even anxiety that rises to the level of a disorder, that is, it prevents the sufferer from living a normal life, may have roots in healthy adaptations to the primitive environment. Obsessive-compulsive disorder, OCD, is a troubling affliction characterized by persistent, distressing thoughts, usually accompanied by the irresistible drive to repeat unwanted actions, such as checking locks or washing hands. There is good evidence that this condition stems from the uniquely human ability to imagine future problems and focus on solving them. This is a handy little survival skill, to say the least. A lion with a full belly doesn't hunt, but a human with a full belly gathers food for leaner times in the future. In the modern world, the mind's obsession with whether or not we lock the door is an attempt to save us from the aftermath of not having locked it. The mind's preoccupation with our safety is also evident in post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, in which a person suffers persistent re-experiencing of a traumatic event, along with symptoms of extreme anxiety. While the condition is classified as a disorder, I think the more useful view of PTSD is as a set of adaptations carried out in the extreme. Hypervigilance, one of the markers of PTSD, makes sense from the mind's point of view. Why wouldn't it be on the lookout after something terrible happens? Other symptoms, like withdrawal, avoidance, and flashbacks, can similarly be understood as the behaviors of a mind trying to protect us by emphasizing danger so we will carefully avoid them. Much of what the mind does to cause us pain can be understood as healthy adaptations. The problem is that the mind often tries to save our lives, even when our lives aren't really at stake. Helpful Depression One needn't stretch the imagination too far to understand how anxiety can further our survival. But what about depression? How could a condition that leaves us feeling worthless, hopeless, and sometimes even suicidal possibly be useful? Recent research suggests that depression may be another of the mind's adaptive behaviors. Andrews and Thompson suggest that rumination, one of the primary symptoms of depression in which the mind fixates on unpleasant thoughts, is the mind's way of solving complex problems that require slow, constant processing. People suffering from depression tend to dwell on problems that do not have clear solutions, such as how to handle a troubled relationship or career difficulties. Andrews and Thompson suggest that this is not an illness, it's an adaptation. Depression hijacks the mind's resources and ensures sustained attention to a problem. 
This may explain why talk therapy often helps with depression. Therapy helps us isolate and explore different facets of troubling situations, which, according to Andrews and Thompson, is precisely what the mind is trying to accomplish with depressive rumination. In moderate doses, depression even seems to sharpen some aspects of thinking. Forgus, Goldenberg, and Unkelbach have demonstrated that low mood is sometimes accompanied by improved memory. People of low mood also tend to process information more effectively, such as an improved ability to concretely and persuasively express ideas. Depression helps ensure that we aren't distracted from whatever problem may be threatening our existence, from the mind's point of view at least. The mind is always rational, from a certain point of view. In moderate amounts, anxiety and depression can improve our focus and performance. That doesn't mean that depression and anxiety are always useful. In large doses, they are debilitating. The mind, however, is unrestrained in protecting us. Where our safety is concerned, it tends to take the hit-it-with-a-bigger-rock approach. Useful planning for the future can devolve into OCD. Hard lessons learned about the environment can turn into debilitating PTSD, and useful rumination can turn into self-loathing and depression. This is perhaps because our primitive minds are fish out of water in the modern world. Our ancestors were consumed with practical concerns, like hunting for the next couple of meals. We, on the other hand, have the luxury of many smaller concerns, such as whether or not we lock the front door. The mind, wired for a more primitive time, sometimes relies on blunt methods to protect us in our more refined environment. As Luke discovered, an overreactive, overprotective mind can achieve precisely the opposite of our intentions. They've worked that way since the Paleolithic era, and they aren't about to stop now. Still, the mind is almost always rational from a certain point of view. One of the difficulties of owning a human mind is understanding what it's trying to accomplish when it gives us thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations. Part of the challenge before us is to understand what the mind is saying while it is speaking to us, rather than after the situation has passed. When we understand what it wants, we are free to comply or to choose another course. One of the most unnatural truths about our minds is this. We don't always have to obey them. Thanks for listening to this excerpt from the audiobook, The User's Guide to the Human Mind. Why Our Brains Make Us Unhappy, Anxious, and Neurotic, and What We Can Do About It. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate it and review it. Thanks. Have a great week. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com.